Ruby Ryder here. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 267 on October 5th, 2020. Changing the world one ass at a time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcasts is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get on to the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partners. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. Click the orange Become a Patron button on my website. You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Just click the blue Donate button. Another way to support my work is by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to EnticeMe and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys, specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of EnticeMe, and you'll be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. <laughs> so here is what's happening, everybody. Uh, things are going fast and furious with the webinars. I am doing so many, and they are so well attended, and I'm really busy. So I am not going to announce all of you amazingly generous people who have sent me money, made donations, become patrons. I mean, it's a long list, but I want to get this podcast out to you by tonight, and it'll be released tomorrow night for the rest of you who are not patrons. So I'm going to skip researching all of the donations because that takes some time. So have no fear if you are waiting to hear your name. Know that I will read your name eventually and also know that I am intensely grateful for everything you send my way. Some of you have been incredibly generous. So I'm going to start this podcast off with an apology to a listener who has waited so long to hear his plural emails to me read that he finally sent me a message and asked about it. So Cam, this one's for you. Let me read them both through. The subject on this one was different first time curious. Hi, I'm a very masculine male. I have always been very interested in anal play. I haven't done much, but I have tried fingers, small toys, small vibrators. I'm not sure I've ever had an anal orgasm, but it does seem to intensify my penis orgasms. I have been with my fiancé for five years now. We're both in our 20s. She's well aware that I love anal play with her, anal sex, and a dildo and vibrator. She seems to really enjoy it. She is very embarrassed by it, although I always remind her how it is okay and very normal. I've always had trouble making her reach an orgasm. I have tried penetration, G-spot stimulation, oral, and masturbating her clit. Usually always ends in her getting tired of it and wanting to just do it herself. Almost every time she has let me do anything anal to her, she has always reached an orgasm five or six times in the last few years. She's always been interested in my butt play on me, and when we first got together, I may have been too manly. I always said, absolutely not. But once she slowly let me into anal play with her, even as embarrassed as I already was, I let her play with my butt. She started with a finger, then a small dildo a couple times later as she masturbated me. And she seemed to enjoy it as much, if not more, than I did. It was very obvious how much harder I became and how soon I came. Regretfully, I always lied and acted like I didn't enjoy it. She is actually the one that has mentioned pegging me in the past a few times. I always shut her down. The more that I thought about it, it sounded really hot. I am pretty sure she would be down, but it scares the crap out of me, too. She could tell someone, or who knows what. One time we were at a sex store. As we were walking past the strap-ons and dildos, she asked if I wanted to get one, and I said, sure. She then said no wasn't sure what to think about it, 
but I didn't push the issue. She is only interested in gay porn. I think she would be open to it, but I am very interested in it. Last question. I don't know anything about dildos. I'm not sure what I would want. I've looked at them on the internet, but nothing stands out. If all goes well and she is interested in pegging me, which would you recommend to start with? The only thing I really can say I'm interested in is something that really focuses on my prostate. I really want to explore my prostate. Thank you so much for what you're doing. You're an amazing person with a huge heart. I just recently found your websites and podcasts, and they are so great. Please feel free to use this in your podcast. So this email got lost and ignored, and then I received one one month later. And now we have pegging celebration time. The subject on this says, fire up that jukebox, blare that music. Ruby, you have changed the world with my ass this time. I wrote to you about a month ago with some questions pertaining to asking my girlfriend about pegging me. Here is how I did it. I had been listening to your podcast for a week or two and made up my mind that it was time to lay my cards on the table. That morning, while we were both at work, she had sent me a few texts insinuating she was in the mood for that night. Later that day, closer to quitting time, I sent her a text saying, I've been having dirty thoughts all day. She, of course, replied wanting to know, and I assured her I would tell her later. As soon as I got home, we went upstairs to the bedroom, and she climbed on top of me, grinding and kissing me. She whispered in my ear, Tell me what you have been thinking about. I hesitated and then replied, I want you to fuck me. She then reminded me, that was what she was about to do. I told her no. I literally want you to fuck me. Still not sure if she comprehended what I was meaning. Nothing else was said about it. We made hot love and afterwards she was using her toy to masturbate and watching some gay porn, her favorite. I asked her if I could find her something to watch and she let me. I found a hot video of a woman pegging a guy. She started watching it and asked me if this was what I was talking about when I told her I wanted her to fuck me. I confidently replied, yes. She then told me, okay, we can do that. Later that week, I wasn't sure how to bring it back up again. So while we were sitting on the couch, I intentionally let her catch me looking at dildos on my phone. She immediately asked, what the heck are you looking at? I tried to play it off like it was nothing. Hadn't really thought about what to say after she caught me. I just wanted to get the conversation started back up. She then said, you were serious about wanting that. I reminded her I was. She then informed me if I was going to order it, she did not want that purple thing I was looking at. She wanted a real one. I tried to get some more input on what she would want, and almost everything I asked got an I don't care. I ordered a Fuse Ultra Realistic, Aslan Jaguar, WeVibe Tango, Bulb Syringe, an O-ring kit, and Slickwood Silk. <laughs> that is quite an order. <laughs> When the package arrived, she came running up to me on the couch with the dildo in the opening of her zipper, laughing hysterically, trying to put it in my mouth, saying, suck it, baby. <laughs> we had a good talk about everything, and that night we did it. We tried starting in doggy. After putting a couple pillows under me, we got started. We moved to missionary, and that was nice, other than my legs got really tired. Her main concern was why my penis wasn't hard, and I assured her it wasn't because I wasn't enjoying it. We have since pegged one other time. She doesn't seem to be interested in initiating pegging. I'm sure with time, we will get that figured out. She's also listened to podcast number 112, and that reassured her about me not wanting a guy. There might be a curiosity there, but wanting her couple of questions. If you can help with any or point me in the right direction, I would be forever grateful. First, I didn't feel any extreme pleasure like I was hoping. I do seem to come a little harder and let out some pre-cum, but I've never thought during any anal play that I have found the 
spot, quote unquote. I have also done some self-exploration with toys, fingers, and Joy Pure Wand as well. My most recent purchase was the Aneros Helix Trident. Haven't got a chance to try that one. Second, my fiancé and I have a mediocre vanilla sex life. Our usual sessions usually include me touching her all over her body, then me on top till I come, then using her favorite Orlina vibrating clitoral sucker. I have tried everything that I know to make her come. I can't do it. I have tried oral, fingers, every toy known to mankind, even a Hitachi magic wand. I've searched for her G-spot and no luck. The times I try usually end with her saying, thank you, baby, but let me do it. The only times that I've gotten her to come were either when I was doing her doggy, P.I.V., with her holding her clitoral sucker on her clit, wasn't as intense as her self-play sessions, even though those are almost unnoticed other than a slight tense and a couple short shakes and a light gasp. It does seem to turn her on more if after we have P.I.V. sex, if she lays on her back on the edge of the bed and I stand beside her and she gives me oral while she uses the toy. The only other times I have helped were the two, three times she has let me do her anally. She just rubbed her clit while I did it, and she came really hard, loud, and it was amazing. But any time I try to talk to her about it, she denies that she enjoys it, says it's gross, and it hurts. She's let me use a finger or two a handful of times, but she always says she hates it, even though she always comes hard. It's very hard and stressful to try and be as GGG as I possibly can, but I feel like I'm the only one getting any real pleasure in our relationship. I want to be able to give her the mind-blowing, toe-curling, earth-shattering orgasms that she knows she can give me. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for all you do in making this just a normal thing for couples, as it has definitely brought me and my fiancé closer and definitely helped us to be more open with our sex. <gasps> Cam, congratulations. <laughs> And thank you for waiting so long to hear the music. You were so polite. You sent me this message and said, excuse me, kind of been waiting for a while to hear you play the music and you haven't played it. And I don't want to be rude. Oh my God, dude, just be rude. This is like way too long to wait. As a matter of fact, Cam had to wait so long that I gave him a free membership to the patron for $5 a month. You can read all that erotica. My apologies, sir. That was way too long to wait. And the thing is, I get so many emails that sometimes they get lost. So I do apologize. I am so glad that you wrote that email and I'm thrilled to be able to read this to everyone and share it with everyone and play the music for you. So you've been on quite a journey, quite a journey. I think the first thing I wanna talk about before I talk about your whole pegging experience and all that is I wanna talk about you trying to get her to come. So this is not my area of expertise but I'm just going to throw some ideas out there and I am going to throw them out. I please want you to listen to them and if they don't resonate with you, throw them in the trash. If they do, awesome. One of the ways that I have found that I lean into wanting my partner to be more of a factor when I am in bed with them and they want to give me an orgasm is when I am allowing them to participate a little bit more because I am a woman, it sounds like, kind of like your, your uh, wife, who does not come easily. I am not like your wife in terms of come easily with anal, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. So I need a lot of clitoral stimulation. And also it seems to be a situation where it's just really difficult to allow someone to do it. I try not to judge myself because I've been that way my entire life, but it's easy if you are a woman like that to judge yourself because there's so many people talking about, and I made her come 15 times or whatever. So I imagine it is also very uncomfortable to be on the other side of the coin where you would do anything to give your partner an orgasm and you just can't seem to do it. I think that there is some kind of boundary in between allowing someone else to do something to your body and you doing something to your body. I totally have control issues, so maybe it's that. Maybe I'm just not good at opening up and being vulnerable and allowing someone to play with my body to the extent that I would need to be to have an orgasm. I don't know, but I try really hard not to judge myself. So when I am intimate with a partner and I want to start including them with my orgasms, I use whatever toy that I like to use the best. Usually it's the magic wand or something like that. 
and I have them put a finger inside me and do some internal stimulation, or maybe play with my nipples and kiss me at the same time, and they're holding me while I do this. So they're very involved, and it feels like they're a part of it when I finally get there. Long ago, when I was married to my first husband, and I, we were having uh, couples therapy, and I wanted to try and start exploring this and get him involved in and able to give me more orgasms or get me closer or something. That was one of the pieces of advice that my therapist had. Involve them a little bit more every time, really consciously. Because I know from what other partners have told me, it is frustrating not to be able to give your partner an orgasm. On the other hand, one of the things that I would love for you to really take a deep breath and think about is your partner is the way she is. So to accept that that's the way she is and not try and make her into something else is really quite a gift. And wanting her to be something different because it makes you feel better is a little shaky. So be careful when you walk that line. I know that giving of mutual pleasure is the ideal sex situation and that wouldn't it be awesome if we could all give each other mind-bending orgasms. Sometimes that's not the way it works. So if you have a partner where that's not the way it works, to just be open to exploring and curious and questioning I think is the best attitude, but above all, be accepting. I don't have any magic hints about try this and try this and you could probably make her come. She knows how she comes. But moving on to the second subject I want to talk about, and I'm still talking about your partner, <laughs> is the whole anal sex thing. So I don't know what's going on there. And it sounds like she has not really talked to you about it, that she doesn't want to talk to you about it. So it would be awesome if maybe in a moment where she's had a drink or two, you know, or maybe after you guys have had sex and she's had her orgasm, that you just really make a point of taking both of her hands and yours, looking her right in the eyes and say, okay, I have a really serious question to ask you here. And you ask her to talk about why it is she comes so quick and so hard when it's anal sex and that at the same time she doesn't want to talk about it because if she doesn't want anal sex but that just happens to turn her on to have your cock inside her ass and maybe it hurts a little bit but maybe that turns her on it's hard to say then if she could talk about that with you and if she's able to explain to you why she hates it then that's also something you just need to accept but it does sound like she's just kind of embarrassed that she loves getting fucked in the ass i can't say that that's true only she can but that really makes me think that there is a conversation that needs to happen between you two where she finds some sort of really really safe space where she can open up and tell you how she really feels about it. So if you talk with her about it, you could maybe preface the whole conversation with, okay, look, just let me talk for a little bit, okay? What I have observed is this, and you can talk about how she comes really fast when you're fucking her ass or playing with her ass. Um, I, as you know, really want to give you orgasms, but that's not the important point here. The important point is every time I ask you about it, you say you hate it. So I'm confused and I would love for you to try and explain why you don't want to talk about it. You say you hate it and it hurts and yet it makes you come really fast. I mean, please know that I am not trying to force you to have anal sex. I want to do what you love. But if you love this and you're just scared to say that you love it because you're scared that makes you some kind of unacceptable partner or a slut or whatever, no, honey, you aren't. You are my partner. I love you. And whatever you want, I will do for you. It's not because I want to fuck your ass. It's because I want to give you pleasure. So, you know, what do you think about this whole anal sex thing? That's the only thing I can think of is to have a conversation like that with her, sort of like that. Please make those words for your own and only use the sentences and things that feel right for you. And I don't know if you're going to get anywhere, but who knows? You might. At least you will have tried. So now, all right, let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about the pegging. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. You guys did a little dance there. You went back and forth. You were too manly to say, oh yeah, oh yeah, thinking about getting fucked in my ass. Because, you know, a lot of guys are like that. <laughs> I totally understand. And then she's like, I would do that. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> 
But when you finally said, I want you to fuck me, and it took a while for her to get it, that was just adorable. That was totally adorable. And then the order that you made, man, you chose some really good stuff there. Okay, so I'm imagining, since it's been so long, Cam, that you have already gotten to a point where you've ordered a bunch of different equipment in your search to have more prostate stimulation, because you did mention that you just didn't, you know, the, the, the moon didn't explode, the fireworks didn't happen, whatever. And first of all, let me tell you, if you haven't already found this out, that sometimes prostates are something that need to be kind of woken up. It's not unusual for that part of your body when you first start playing with it to be kind of meh. And then you start playing with it a little bit more and you also involve it in your sexy times. And by that, I mean like, uh, you know, the finger in the ass with a blowjob. And it's almost as if those wires get connected and, you, and it sort of connects up with the other part of you that is really intensely involved with the sexy times feel good stuff. And then all of a sudden they're connected and you do something to one and the other responds and vice versa. Hopefully, by now, you have found something that stimulates your prostate really, really well. Because right in your first message, you said, I want to explore my prostate, <laughs> which is totally cool. So here's the deal. Different receivers have different sensitivity levels with their prostate. It sounds like, unless something's changed since your last email, that yours is the type of prostate that requires really firm stimulation, really firm pressure. So... What you're going to want to be looking for is a curved toy with reasonably firm silicone or vibrations. I don't know if you've tried vibrations yet. But those would be my suggestions. I'm going to put some suggestions in the link around just in case you're still looking for the magic toy. Uh, the ones that it makes me think of are the Blush Novelties Magic Stick, Godmiche Ambit, and then also... There's a couple of different choices for the vibrating toys. What you're looking for in regards to a vibrating toy that she can fuck you at the same time with is one that has a vibration in the head of it, okay? So there is a double, and I don't even know if your partner would be open to a double, meaning part of it goes in her. And I've been raving about this toy for the past few months. It's the strap-on me vibrating strap-on. So I'll put a link to that as well and a link to the review. But also we just rolled out some new toys which vibrate in the head and there's four different shapes and sizes and they are made by blush novelties they're called impressions so i'll put the link to those because those are brand new they are rechargeable waterproof suction cup bottom five different power levels and five different patterns and uh, they're all harness compatible so this could be a cool thing for your partner to use in a harness while she's fucking you that could maybe send you to the moon if you do have a prostate that really needs a large amount of stimulation to get you to your sweet spot. It's been so long since you wrote this that who knows where you are now, but of course this information applies to anybody else listening as well. But I want to send you a big, big congratulations for getting past the I'm a man, of course I don't want to get fucked in the ass. And I'm really glad that your partner listened to podcast number 112. And consider taking my webinars. If you're looking around for equipment, even though, like I say, it's been a while since you wrote this, <laughs> you might want to attend my equipment webinars because there's so much in there. You have a really nice collection of stuff. You just kept naming all the best toys. I was blown away. And you're like, and then I have an Enjoy Pure Wand. And it's like, wow, you got the good stuff. That is quite a collection. So consider taking the webinar for my equipment, but also you might want to take the webinar for the beginners as well. I know you're not beginners at this point, but it's really a comprehensive offering of all the information that's good to know when you do pegging with each other. For example, some guys don't get an erection while they're being pegged. It's just not that they're having a good time. So you need to let go of that expectation of, oh, he's not hard. So he's clearly not enjoying himself. No, 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 no. That has no application whatsoever in pegging. Some receivers have erections that come and go. Some receivers are hard the whole time. And other receivers could not get hard if their life depended on it. So all of those are normal. They're fine. They're just very individual reaction to having your prostate stimulated, getting fucked in the ass. There you go. So consider taking those webinars. I'm offering them 
often and at all different days and times, about every two to three days now. Thank you so much for being so patient, and I hope you enjoy the erotica, and congratulations to you both. (laughs) My next question. I received this on my Pegging 101 website. My wife's clitoris is extremely sensitive after she orgasms to the point that a light brush against it is too much for her, but I also want her to come or at least be on the verge of coming before she pegs me in hopes that it will help her find more pleasure during the experience. What would your advice be in this situation? Side note, this will be our first time pegging, but not our first time with me receiving anal play. Hmm, what is my first impulse? that this question, my first impulse is, you want your wife to orgasm or get close to having an orgasm before she pegs you, but is that what she wants? (laughs) It would seem that if, okay, let let me back up a little bit. Let me back up. So a lot of people think that pegging has to be this activity that results in pleasure for the giver, meaning your wife, or they're not going to want to do it. Okay, so look, there doesn't have to be this concurrent pleasure that happens with pegging for all givers. Some givers are totally thrilled to provide their partner with all kinds of amazing pleasure, and then a flip side happens after you're done. You provide your partner, you provide them with a whole bunch of pleasure. So it doesn't have to be this, I want her to orgasm, or at least come close to it, or at least feel good while she's pegging me. Take a deep breath and ask her if that's what she wants because it's almost feels like there's this lure. It's sort of like, I want you to peg me, so I want you to orgasm while you're pegging me or get close to it so that you'll want to peg me. (laughs) There are different ways to do this. (laughs) One is to stepping totally outside of the bedroom, be the best partner you can possibly be and keep your partner so happy in and outside of the bedroom that they're just like, what do you want? What do you need? Because you do so much for me that I just want to keep you as happy as you keep me. See, there's some motivation for you. And I call that cleaning up your side of the street. I do not mean to imply that your side of the street is not clean, but this is a factor that's very, very important. Also, um, I don't know what kind of equipment that you have. Sometimes having equipment that is not comfortable, that is ugly, that doesn't work very easily or well is a problem. I mean, the more they're thrilled to be putting on something that makes them feel empowered and sexy and feminine, the more likely they are to want to peg you more often. (laughs) There is a really steep learning curve for brand new givers in the pegging formula. So I would also suggest that you allow your partner some time to figure that learning curve out. And it might go slower than you would like, but you're just gonna have to deal. Givers do not know how to fuck somebody. We've never had a cock. We don't know how to move. We don't know how to position our partners. We are using muscles we've never used before. So there's a lot to learn there. So she needs to understand that so she's not hard on herself. And you need to understand that so you can have patience with her. I really suggest you guys take my beginner's webinar because I go over all that stuff. Once a giver gets the hang of actually fucking their partner, that's when I think it feels more appropriate to start playing around with vibrators and all kinds of different stuff like that in the quest for an orgasm for the giver. But please know that there are givers out there that really have no interest in coming while they're pegging their partner. It's like, I can get off better, easier, doing other sexy times things that I love. And I'm happy to peg you, but I have really no interest in coming while I'm pegging you. There are givers, so that might be your partner. And if it is, you need to respect that and not just you know keep wishing that she would get something out of it too. Sometimes I think this knee-jerk reaction of the receiver saying, because I can't tell you how many times I've heard this phrase, I want her to get something out of it too, over and over and over again. (laughs) So sometimes I think that this arises because receivers are not used to being receivers. 
They're not used to just laying back and sort of being attended to and not having any responsibilities of running the fuck and having someone fuck them. And also that sometimes the pegging thing is such a a want, a need, a desire that they want to cover all their bases and make sure their partner loves it so they get fucked, right? But don't do it out of guilt, sort of like, oh, I don't know if I can lay here and just have my partner concentrate on me and not do something and not know that she's getting something out of it too. Think of it like a blowjob. Does she have all kinds of stimulation and almost come when she's giving you a blowjob? I don't think so. (laughs) So yes, there's all kinds of, of subtleties to think about in this regard, but that's the best advice I have for you. I hope I see you in the beginner's webinar. And if I do, let me know it's you and say, hey, you read my story. (laughs) Thank you so much for the question. And you know what? I just wrapped that up and said thanks for the question. But I'm not going to stop there because I realized I didn't effectively enough address the sensitive clit after the orgasm. So, you know, (laughs) if you want your wife to keep fucking you after she comes, that's not going to happen if she's that sensitive because the base of the toy goes right over that vulva area. And, you know, if it's that sensitive, as soon as she comes, everything stops. So think about that too. I think it it would really be much better if she came afterwards, if she's that sensitive after she comes. I do. Unless it isn't important to you that she continue fucking you after she comes because that's going to put a time limit on it if you're looking for her to come while she's fucking you just know that as soon as she comes it's gonna stop so that's a factor you may not have considered okay now i'm done (laughs) thank you for the question here's my next one the subject matter is first time trying to get my girlfriend into pegging i have brought the subject up a couple of times but she seems reluctant however the last couple of times we've had sex she has fingered me actually i think two fingers Is this a sign she might be into it? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is, first-time guy. (laughs) Uh, When your partner is willing to play with your ass, basically you can assume something here. You can assume that your partner is comfortable playing with your ass. (laughs) Okay. Now, there's lots of different ways you can play with an ass. You can finger it, but you can also put a strap-on on and fuck it. Putting a strap-on on and fucking it is sometimes a bigger transition for potential givers than uh, guys would think. Sometimes they kind of freak out at strapping on a fake cock because it feels so not feminine, it feels so not real, it feels like maybe doing something with you that will open you up to a world that's going to feel so good because there's people talking about how amazing it is to have an orgasm with prostate stimulation that there are actually potential givers out there who fear that if they introduce their partner to this, their partner will never want PIV sex again. I mean, really? (laughs) So uh, that could be it. It could be a fear that you might be gay. Uh, There could be all kinds of things happening that might stop her. But is it a situation where this is a really good start? Absolutely. Please listen to podcast number 112. I recorded that for women who have just been introduced to the idea of pegging. And if you think it's appropriate for your partner, because you're the only one that can decide that, listen to that with your partner. I really recommend listening to it with them because I bring up so many different fears and misconceptions that it gives you an opportunity to like pause it and go, okay, so uh, I don't want to dress up like a woman, okay? Just so we're clear on that, that is not a kink that goes with this whole pegging thing that I want because that's what happens. I bring up all kinds of different subjects that many people think are inextricably connected to pegging. So podcast number 112, I'll put a link in the linkorama. Let me know how it goes. I hope you get fucked soon, sir. And if you do, (laughs) that sounds so funny. I hope you get fucked soon, sir but it really is what I hope. And if you do, please write and let me know and I'll play the music for you. All right, my next one came from Reddit. Oh, this was a post on Reddit that I really, really loved. And I wrote the person and asked if I could read it on my podcast. The title of it is, I love seeing him vulnerable below me. Me, 18-year-old female, and my boyfriend, 18-year-old male, have always put communicating above all else and built a strong bond over these past six months of our relationship, so naturally we made sure there were no stigmas regarding sexual desires. 
One time he briefly hinted that he touches his prostate by himself when he jerks off, and I was ecstatic. It was so exciting, new, dangerous. I felt like a child at Christmas when he allowed me to touch him like that for the first time. When he lays there with closed eyes and his legs up, with lube dripping out his hole, all I can think about is how honored I feel when I see him like that. I feel so trusted and powerful, like he put his entire masculinity in my hands to play with. I can't get enough. Recently, we spoke about trying pegging, so we bought some things, and later today, it's going to be our first time with a toy and not my fingers. To say I'm nervous would be an understatement. I know how much effort it takes to really make love to someone, especially how much effort he puts into it when he makes love to me. So I don't expect our first time to be rainbows and fireworks. I know it'll be hard, and that I'll probably fuck the pace up many, many, many times, but I'm so excited to do missionary pegging so I can be the one to whisper in his ear while he's being fucked silly, and so I can hold his legs up while they spasm, and I can hold him in my arms and kiss all of his face and tell him I love him. I love this man with all my heart, and seeing him unfold beneath me because of something I did to him, I can't get enough. I feel perfectly happy when I look down at him and he moans, something he doesn't really do very loudly under normal sex, and begs me to touch him. Wish me luck later tonight. I think I'll need it. <laughs> okay, how can you not love that? Oh my god. That was such an amazing share, and I am, frankly, and I told I, I told this young lady I would write her when I read it on my podcast, and frankly, I am astonished. I am, frankly, totally astonished at your maturity, at your emotional intelligence. I'm blown away. Gives me hope for the new generation, I swear to you. This is amazing how you describe it is exactly one of the things I love the most about pegging, is watching that masculinity, all those barriers fall away, and watching that partner that I have open up. And it is a huge amount of trust, and it does feel like they're just placing it in your hand and saying, okay, this is not maybe the most comfortable thing, but it's amazing, and I'm gonna trust you that I can let these barriers fall away and you're going to be okay with it, and you're going to take care of me. And you know, that is just such a beautiful share. I got chills when I read it just now, I swear to God. So this brings up something I just wanted to mention really quick. Um, and first of all, thank you so much for letting me read this. There are so many aspects to pegging, so, so, so many. And this is one of the aspects that I absolutely treasure and that I like people to know about so that it's not all pounding him into the mattress and that kind of thing. Sometimes it's such a beautiful emotional exchange and it totally does involve a lot of trust and a lot of vulnerability. So along this line, something came up in a webinar I was teaching and someone said, okay, so do you teach about aftercare? Whoa, that made me sit back and think because no, I actually don't. I've thought about it before. It's not the first time I've thought about it, but I haven't ever really done anything about it. And I think that this is a really essential thing that I'm gonna need to include in my beginner's webinars. Here's why. In the BDSM world, aftercare is a term that we use to take care of people after we do all kinds of wild and crazy things to them. For example, if I have a partner who loves impact play, I might tie them to a massage table, beat them, play with their ass a little bit, do all kinds of impact play until their butt's all red. And mind you, this is consensual. They do enjoy this. But many times that can put them in an altered space. We call that subspace. Or even just leave them feeling really, really vulnerable. So we have this thing in the BDSM world called aftercare. And different people want different kinds of aftercare. I have had play sessions with partners that just said, I'm cool, just bring me a beer, okay? <laughs> That's not usually how I do it, though. And more often than not, I wrap them in a blanket because a lot of times they get kind of chilled and hold them and literally hold them with their head on my breast like they're a little kid. And that kind of freaks some guys out there. You know, I go, okay, so let's cuddle because you need aftercare. And they start to hold me and I go, oh, no, no, dude, come on. 
I just beat the fuck out of you. I'm going to hold you. So this is what happens in the BDSM world, for those of you who were not aware. We take this really seriously because you just were given the gift of being able to do this with this partner. So you have the responsibility of taking care of them when you're done. So, okay, great. Let's take that template and let's lay it over pegging. So how does that work? Well, sometimes with pegging, especially if they haven't done it very much, or sometimes even if you've done it a lot and all of a sudden you have one time that just blows your mind, it can be rather jarring, emotionally jarring to feel yourself be that open, to feel yourself be that vulnerable. And so I think aftercare should always be considered. Clearly, if you've been pegging with a partner for a long time, you guys know each other and you know what, what you need. But there might even be partners out there where the receiver is kind of shy to ask for that sort of aftercare. I mean, when I teach my beginner's webinar, I talk about with the staying clean stuff, I say, have some hand towels on the bed because when you're done pegging, you can just grab one of those hand towels, wrap it around the dildo, and then slide out of that harness and you can never leave the bed so you can be there and be cozy time with your partner. So I sort of instinctively do that with my partners. But on the other hand, I don't talk about it, and I do think it's important. Now, I sort of toss that around verbally during the webinar when this person brought it up, and a guy who was in the webinar said, yeah, the first time I was pegged, it kind of really just went, whoa, I had no idea. It kind of blew my mind, and I was shaken. So yeah, there you go. <sighs> aftercare, aftercare. <laughs> So back to the writer of this amazing post on Reddit. You seem to come by that really naturally. You seem to really be right there with the sort of aftercare, taking care of your partner thing. And that is a beautiful thing too. So once again, thank you so much for allowing me to read that. And I hope the pegging that you did that night was just exquisite for both of you. Congratulations. This one had a title of Newbie Couples. My wife and I recently tried pegging. We eased into a little further and deeper each time. The last time she was able to go full depth on her motions and I was able to allow her to go hard. I am not near as sore as the first two times, but with this last time, allowing her to have full insertion and full thrust, I have not been able to hold an erection the following day during usual vaginal intercourse with her. Is it just because of the intensity of our pegging? I'm not worried too much. We have a very active sex life, hence spicing our love life with pegging. My real question is, should we maybe go smaller on the dildo choice to help with my maintaining an erection? Or is this quite normal and maybe my prostate is just swollen still? Any advice would be helpful. Also, our toy of choice was the U-Vibe strapless medium 8-inch, and it does have a pretty big tip that tends to take time and lots of warm-up to get into me. So this is a fascinating question for me because I have had guys talk about this before, and I honestly don't know why it happens. So if anybody's out there that knows like the physiological reason why this happens, that's kind of what I'm reaching for because what I default to is sort of the emotional reason. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to look it up and I'll put a link to the podcast where I talked about this before. But there was a listener who ran into this before and it was certainly of concern. It's like, hey, what's the deal? My cock isn't working now. Did I break something? And no, over time it became absolutely just fine again. I tended to think it was more that when you are the receiver in pegging, it really pushes you over into what you could definitely call a feminine experience. You're being penetrated. You are more passive. You are not running things. You are out of control and you're very vulnerable. So from taking from that and going back to that male energy of being the penetrator, sometimes it isn't easy to swing back and forth quite that quickly. Because I honestly don't know if there's a physiological reason, and if there is, I really want to know it. But that's kind of what I suspect is happening. I don't know the reason for sure. All I know is that, yes, that happens sometimes, and it doesn't last, and you're fine. <laughs> that's what I know. So you can take a deep breath and know that you're going to be fine. But on the other hand, uh, wow, I really am curious why that happens. 
That is what I suspect. So you'll be fine. I don't think it's because you did it too hard. I don't think you need to change your toy. The toy I don't think makes a difference because there are absolutely guys out there that use big toys, hard toys, curved toys, whatever, and they can fuck their partners totally fine the next day. I think this has something to do with the experience of the beginning of learning how to do this and getting fucked, the, the beginning experience of getting fucked. That's when it seems to happen. Okay, I wish you erections, sir. <laughs> Thank you for your letter. All right, here was a direct message to me on Reddit. Hi, Ruby, how are you? Just a quick question regarding cleaning for pegging. I've been listening to your podcast a fair bit, but haven't had time for a webinar class as of yet. This question remains unanswered to me so far. What's your opinion on using glycerol suppositories? Hope to hear back from you soon. Thank you. Chris in Sydney, Australia. Chris in Sydney, Australia. Thank you so much for the question. So here's the deal. I think that glycerin suppositories, or glycerol, I think you said, same, same, are totally fine if you are constipated, <laughs> okay? They're awesome if you're constipated because that's what they're for. Do not use them to clean out before pegging. No, no, no. Because part of what glycerol suppositories do is kind of irritate that so that all of a sudden there's this big evacuation. You don't want that. You want to be kind to your body, okay? And cleaning out really is composed of two different things. One is what you put into your body and one is literal physical cleaning out to make sure there's nothing left in there. By handling the first right, which is what you put in your body, you can minimize the necessity for doing the other part, which is manual clean out, okay? If you eat a good diet with a lot of roughage, a lot of raw vegetables, things like that, and maybe even, and maybe even a fiber supplement, then your evacuations, your fecal matter and all that is just going to come right out of you and you're going to be pretty darn clean, okay? And ideally, that is the best way to handle your body if you're really into getting pegged often because cleaning out too much, there's, you know, there's a lot of discussion about this and I'm starting to take it a little bit more seriously in terms of upsetting the pH by putting tap water in there that's chlorinated, because science has gotten us to the point where they're doing fecal matter transplants to reestablish gut bacteria. So there's a lot to this. So if you can change your diet because you have the desire to receive more often, in fact, anytime, then why not do that if you can manage it? So I'm going to put a link to a fiber supplement that I recommend called uh, Pure for Men. It doesn't have to be that one. That's just one where they talk about if you take it three in the morning, three in the evening, you can pretty much be bent over at any time and you're going to be clean, which thrills the hell out of me. That's exactly what I want, is a live-in partner who I can bend over any time I want. Oh my God, that just makes me shiver. This fiber supplement stuff uh, can be Metamucil, it can be pure for men, but I talked about this on the podcast a ways back. A bunch of listeners tried it out and said, yeah, this works really well, but it's kind of expensive. So, you know, be your own judge on that. Do not use glycerol suppositories before you do pegging. Feel free to use them if you are constipated, however, and have fun over there in Sydney. Thanks for the question, Chris. Here is another one on Twitter. Big fan of your work, and I'm contemplating writing into you, erotica style, about my first prostate pegging orgasm, but I'm still a bit on the fence about it. Anyways, I did have a question to ask about harnesses. My girlfriend is very petite, about 100 pounds, 5 foot, so the harness I got her kind of seems like it sags down once the dildo is in. I was wondering if you had any recommendations for smaller women harness-wise. Much love and thanks again for everything you do for the community and men like me, also known as sissy-ass sluts. <laughs> Very nice. So yes, I do. I don't know what your girlfriend's measurements are, and I also don't know what kind of harness you have. However, what I do know is that the Aslan Leather Minx or Jaguar those two harnesses are phenomenally good and will fit 30-inch hips, okay? That is tiny, tiny hips. So if your girlfriend has 30-inch hips, then those would work. Otherwise, there are other harnesses, I think, that might go down a little bit more than that. And I'm not sure if a leather harness is really what you're looking for. There are certainly fabric harnesses as well that come in extra small. I'm going to put a link to a couple of those as well. Those are spare parts harnesses. 
and you can figure out what you like. Those leather harnesses are going to cost you a pretty penny, but they're so freaking gorgeous. Oh my gosh, I can't say enough. <laughs> so yes, there are harnesses that can help you with that situation. And she does sound quite small, so we need to get her the right thing so that you can get fucked more. <laughs> Thanks for the message. And I hope you find what you need and let us know what you get and how it works. Here is another one. Ruby, just enjoyed listening to your newest podcast while working out in the gym. By the way, how has your journey been regarding workouts as I followed your challenge last fall for Movember? Now, concerning cleanup, a subject I most enjoy. For many men, the thought is very exciting until the actual event happens. Post-ejaculation, probably due to hormones, the thoughts and excitement usually dissipates. Thus, that is one of the issues. The other issue for some men, it is considered part of a cuckold fantasy situation, i.e. cleaning up another man's ejaculate. However, from a more personal perspective, as I assume with many men, the idea is intriguing and exciting. My wife has indulged me after some trepidation. However, she cannot deny she enjoys the feeling and now requests to be cleaned up. I usually indulge in cleaning up the cream pie, what we call dessert after ejaculating inside her, usually vaginally and on rare occasions anally, which was even more taboo and led to more excitement. In the gay community, this is known as felching. Alcohol definitely assists and lowers inhibitions. Also on occasions, I indulge in poppers, and if the high lasts post-cum, I will dive in. We have also engaged in some dominance. For example, her face sitting on me post-cum. We will also snowball. One of the ways to overcome the loss of desire is to wait a few minutes during what is commonly known as a refractory period. Also, visual aids can be of assistance for both parties. And then he's given me a couple of links. I'm going to share one of them with you. He says, Devil's Films has a whole series titled Cream Pie for the Straight Guy. <laughs> I love the name of that. So I'll put the link in the link around for everybody listening. <laughs> That's awesome. Not sure what else to mention. It takes a few times before one can overcome the inhibition. And once that happens, it's not an issue. My view has always been, if my partner's willing to swallow, so should I. The reality is, it is damn sexy. And if my partner has not come yet, or desires a second orgasm, it provides a great option to get there. Keep up the good work, the information, and in the words of Rick Steves, keep on pegging. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've ever gotten that one. <laughs> Thank you so much for all of your, your information that you contributed to the whole idea of cleaning up. That came up on a previous podcast. And yeah, that's an intriguing thing for a lot of men out there. And I have always felt the same. It's like, look, if I am going to swallow your cum, really, seriously? How about if we share it? So the snowball thing really appeals to me. I think that's really hot. But the cleaning out thing, very interesting. And also, I'm glad that you explained about the refractory period and sort of the hormones that take over and why it's maybe not a cool thing. So that's an idea, to have a porn playing cream pie for the straight guy. As you start that afterwards and you go, hey, I think maybe I do want to do this. <laughs> I was thinking, what is he talking about with visual aids? And then I saw your links. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So thank you very much for your contribution regarding cleaning up. I can't wait to hear other ones that we get as well. This I'm going to read you. It was a short exchange between someone who wrote in and me. And I'm reading it because, you know, all kinds of people listen to this podcast. Some of you are experienced. Some of you are beginners. And I keep reading similar things over or things that seem really basic because I never know who's listening. So here you go. Hi, Ruby. I hope you're safe and well. I have taken your pegging webinar. Loved it. My wife had double knee replacement surgery, so we have not pegged in a while. And now I'm just doing it on my own with insertion and grinding or rocking back and forth. I have gradually progressed from our starter kit, and now I'm using a six inch length by one and three quarter inch diameter. My question is going to sound stupid, but on the curved dildos, I'm putting them in while on my back with the curve pointing upwards. I just want to make sure that's correct and not pointing downwards. Be safe. Thanks. So, sir, there are no stupid questions. That's what I wrote you back. I put no stupid questions. The curve always needs to point toward your belly button. And I mailed that off and you replied. Thanks, Ruby. I really enjoy the stimulation. And I also use a Hitachi wand on my dick. And it's incredible. 
<laughs> so that's part of the reason I wanted to read this too. Sometimes your partner's not available, whether it's knee surgery or tired or kids or whatever. So there's an idea, you guys. Dildo in your ass, Hitachi wand on your dick. <laughs> and by the way, it's not called a Hitachi anymore. Hitachi sold off that particular part of their offerings because clearly they have a lot of things out there that they sell. And the rumor was is that the Hitachi family realized what people were using these massagers for and that they are like the best for female clitoral stimulation, right? <laughs> And they sold it off. So now it's just the magic wand. It's just called the magic wand. So there you go. Just a little correction there. And piece of information I thought you might enjoy. Oh, and look. Our next question here is about come clean up. I knew that there was another one. Hello, Ruby. On the topic of come clean up from your partner, I have just presented the idea to my stunning girlfriend, who, by the way, is such an amazing, giving, and caring lover that I can assure you I'm very grateful and very lucky to have such an open-minded partner. During some phone play, as we are distanced due to her attending university, while we were in the heat of the moment, we were discussing where she'd like me to come. And because she's so fucking amazing, I can come anywhere I please. Told you, I'm lucky. I told her I would love to glaze her pretty pussy, and then somewhat awkwardly but suggestively said I would gather my seed in my mouth from her kitty and share our yummy juices together in some kissing and swapping. Again, I'm so lucky she gasped and complimented how sexy and kinky I am. She loved the idea and has mentioned it several times, so I'll definitely have more sexy, sticky information in the future. Of course, I'll share it with your sexy community, Ruby. <laughs> For me, I like the idea of cleaning my cum off her because of many reasons. I am dominant most of the time, but love when she's in charge, and I can give myself to her and do all I can to get her off. One reason, much like anal, I believe if you want to fuck her ass, you should be willing to offer your ass ass well. <laughs> A-S-S-W-E-L-L. Ha-ha. More or less, don't dish out what you can't handle. She's nice enough to swallow my load and suck her cum and juices from my cock, and by all means, it's my cum, so I feel no reserves tasting my cum. But the thought of doing everything that my sexy queen enjoys makes us equals, and I think little can be taken for granted when it's given from both sides. Plus, she seems to love the idea of me eating her cream pie or gathering my seed from her freshly fucked body. Thanks for all the information, Ruby. You have helped us in many ways, and I know that's true across the map. Thanks, Ruby fan and listener for life. And then there's a note here. Have you ever heard the song Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs? Please, please listen to it for me, as every time I'm gearing up for your podcasts and lessons, this is the walkout song for you. I picture, I fantasize about hearing the chorus from the song on your podcast, all copyrights aside. <laughs> Thanks, Ruby. Loads of love from Texas. So I did go listen to Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs. It's a rockin' song. It's enough of a rockin' song to where I considered putting it in my workout music mix, which, by the way, I don't think I answered the rest of that other question about how my workout thing is going. Okay, so anyway, thank you very much for all the input about the cleaning up your cum. I love how you guys are approaching this at distance first. It's sort of like, let's play around with the idea and see what it's like. And I'm anxious to hear how that translates out to reality when you guys are together and she is not at university and how much you like it and what you do. And, you know, I want the story, man. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this part of the journey with us. I very much appreciate it. Now, to the previous person who asked about how they're curious how I'm doing with my journey. Interesting you should mention that because, yes, Movember is coming, and if you didn't know, I always get an early start for Movember. So, how have I been handling the whole workout thing? Well, for a short period of time, my gym was open, and I was working out every freaking day because they had Seniors Day. Haha, <laughs> I qualify as a senior. And I would go in there, and it's just like a... It's a huge gym, and there'd be like five people in there, so it was really, really perfect. But then they shut it down again, and I have no complaints about that because I think Above all, we just need to be safe in places where a lot of people gather. So, okay, no gym. Then I bought myself one of those little mini trampolines called Rebounders. 
It's in my bedroom. It's taking up space. Do I use it a lot? No, I don't use it a lot. I really don't. I use it some when I have used it. It's been awesome, but there's the motivation factor, and here we are, and we're in lockdown, and we don't see our people, and we're being deprived of all kinds of things, and gratification takes a front seat sometimes as opposed to exercise, even though I know that the exercise would make me feel better and the things I use for gratification, because it's not sex, because I don't have anybody here to have sex with, <laughs> are working in the opposite direction, because usually they are food and drink. So, funny you should mention Movember, because I am just now announcing that I have lit up my Movember website over there at Movember, and just like last year, I think I started a week early or maybe two weeks early last year. And I said, look, the first donation I get, I will start exercising, okay? Now, it's a little different now because I can't really do two miles a day. The exercise that I am quite happy to do is on that rebounder. So I decided it's going to be like this. It's not going to be two miles a day. It's going to be 20 minutes. Every day I'm going to do 20 minutes on that rebounder and doing 40 minutes on the rebounder is a lot <laughs> it's an interesting thing to exercise on i really enjoy it because bouncing up and down makes me feel like a little kid i love it but it is new muscles and new skill and it involves balance and all kinds of amazing things so yes right now and i'm going to put this on my space over there on the movember website I am committing to 20 minutes a day from the time I get that very first donation until the end of November. And this is the beginning of October, people. Actually, this morning I was thinking, you know, November's coming at a really, really good time because my body so needs this. It is not happy with the little amount of exercise I've been doing. So yay, November's here to save the freaking day. <laughs> just in time, but also it's really important that Movember's here because a uh, subject near and dear to my heart, the mental health of men. I talked about this last time and I'm going to talk about it again this time, but you know there is never a bad time for bringing up that subject, as well as awareness of prostate and testicular cancer, no kidding. I mean, the listener that I have who got me into this, he calls himself um, the one ball wonder, I think. <laughs> and that's because at a very young age, which it happens to men when they're very young, that's when it happens. He found testicular cancer and had one testicle removed. So that's why he supports the cause. He's the one that got me interested in it. First, I was a donor. Now I am a fundraiser. And you guys were so cool as to help me get to my $1,000 goal. I raised $1,000. As a result, thanks to your generosity, during the year, I have been included on several webinars because I am like the platinum person. I, I raised a $1,000. And that's what you have to raise to be included in the platinum group. And you do get included in webinars and you get to see the inside workings of how they're doing all this and whether, where the funds are going, where their emphasis is going. So yay, Movember is right here and I'm making the announcement right now. The first donation I get, 20 minutes a day on the rebounder. And if I miss a day, then it's 40 minutes the next day. So there you go. Thank you for asking, sir. <laughs> and yes, you followed me last year. I hope you will follow me again this year. And I think we're good to go here, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with me for another podcast. Let me scroll down to my closing information here because I got a bunch of other letters that I'm not going to be able to squeeze into this podcast. We're already at the hour mark. Pegging Paradise is the home for my blog, my podcast, and my erotica. Pegging 101 offers informational articles about pegging with no kink attached. My podcasts are available through whatever your favorite podcast downloader app is, including Spotify. You can also stream my podcast directly from my website if you want to. The follow tab has links for you to subscribe to my blog, follow me on Twitter, MeWe, Instagram, PleaseMe, FetLife, all kinds of different things. If you order some sexy new toys from Entice Me, and I mean, how can you not? There's some freaking cool toys out there these days. <laughs> Use the coupon code RIDER for free shipping of your entire purchase. Send your questions to Ruby at PeggingParadise.com. No question is too stupid. <laughs> hearkening back to the previous letter. <laughs> too simplistic or too sensational? 
Many listeners are going to learn along with you, so don't be shy. Throw those questions in my mailbox. Or record your question on the audio app on your phone and send me that file. I will play it on the air. Nobody's taking me up on that, man. Nobody's taking me up on it. Do it. Do it, you guys. (laughs) Thank you for downloading and listening, everybody. You rock. Happy pegging. Hashtag no shame.